0: Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, March 30th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. Coming up on the show today, as we always do, we'll talk what is trending in the world of travel right now, including some major cruise news and why Boycott Delta became a trending topic on social media this past weekend. Later in the show, I'll be joined by Melissa De Silva, president of Trafalgar. We discuss what steps they had to take to get their first tours back in operation, as well as what does the future hold for guided tours. But first, I have to wish everyone a happy National Virtual Vacation Day. Virtual vacations, ah, we sure had a ton of those this last year, haven't we? Uh, Actually, National Virtual Vacation Day has been around for a few years, though. Uh, The pandemic, though, has brought virtual travel kind of to the top of the uh, travel world in the last year. So what what virtual travel experiences did you partake in the last year? Uh, Travel advisor listening, did you use it in your marketing efforts at all? Uh, Let me know. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the best email to reach me at. And uh, while you're at it, if you've enjoyed the show, I'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening from. Big shout-out to Amanda Boardwine for her lovely review on iTunes, a recent review. She said, I've been tuning into the podcast for a better part of a year and have really enjoyed all the timely news updates, the supports, and tidbits of information. Very informative. Thanks for all you do. Now, thank you, Amanda, for listening, and thank you for listening right now. I truly, truly appreciate it. And with that, let's dive into what is trending in the world of travel. We begin with the cruise industry news again this week. Cruise lines push to restart Cruising in July, Clio sent out a, an effort. We had a lot of industry folks sending out efforts trying to get Congress to to push forward and have cruising restart in July. That's what uh, President Biden seems to believe is the start of the new, you know, getting back to normal is July 4th in the holiday and several, uh, the CDC essentially rejected that request for now. And they said, quote, returning to passenger cruising is a phased approach to mitigate the risk of spreading COVID-19 details for the next phase of the conditional sale order are currently under interagency review. They said uh, CEC released in a statement to Travel Pulse, and uh, the the current CSO, the conditional sale order, expires November 1st. Uh, It calls for four phases. Cruise lines are currently in, still stuck in phase one, and according to Royal Caribbean CEO Richard Fain, they, quote, don't know what's required for phase two, end quote. That is absolutely mind-boggling to me. For months now, We've been wondering when these test voyages that we heard about back at the end of October, beginning of November of 2020, we heard these test voyages was going to be what the CDC is going to review and then we can get back out on the waters and cruising can resume and it's going to be great. But we still are not there yet. They're still stuck. So as I said last week, I'll say it again this week, let them sail. We've got sailings coming up this summer, but not out of U.S. ports. We need to get sailings out of U.S. ports. It's ridiculous. It's it's also it's what the Florida governor wants, too, and his administration is threatening legal action over this cruise restart. Uh, it's kind of crazy. This uh, happened on, I believe, Friday, was it? And, yeah, they're, they're, the Florida governor uh, administration saying that, quote, sometimes you have to push back against your own government. So that was quite a trending story over the weekend. A lot of people coming to the site reading that one. Um, a lot of interesting comments as well over in social media. So that will be something to follow if uh, seeing what Florida – does on that? We've got a lot of cruise ports there, a lot of jobs dependent on on that. So it's going to be interesting to see on that. If you have a strong opinion about whether cruising should restart or not, um, CLIA is asking for the public to help lift that conditional sale order. You can check out that story on TravelPulse.com. We've got the link in there to CLIA's Action Center website. Basically, they're looking for public to um, the public to notify their representatives, talk to Congress, and do anything that they can to help let you know the administration know that we want. Cruising to come back and to return. Uh, Cruising will happen this summer, as I said. We've got voyages uh, departing from Caribbean ports, as we talked about on last week's show, the Royal Caribbean and um, celebrity cruises going out of the different Caribbean ports and the Bahamas, as well as Crystal Cruises in July. Uh, However, Carnival will not develop plans to sail outside the U.S. like other lines have, President Christine Duffy said in a video on Friday. She also said a decision has not been made regarding a vaccine requirement, but she is hopeful that cruising will restart in the U.S. by the summer. I certainly hope so as well, but based upon how the CDC has kept the cruise industry on hold, I'm beginning to wonder when ships will actually sail out of U.S. ports. I'm also wondering, what do you think of Airbnb? Airbnb's growth has skyrocketed in the last decade. Uh, The Airbnb experience has typically met with mixed reviews, too, as well. Um, I've had mixed uh, reviews personally on Airbnb's different experiences. Um, some in the industry view them as competition while others do not at this time Um, we had some recent news this past week venice and florence italy are pushing back against airbnb in the short-term rental stuff they it's saying quote the short-term rental phenomenon needs to be better managed with clearer rules Um, airbnb has also recently partnered with the caribbean tourism organization brand usa and visit florida These uh, TravelPulse writer, Brian Major, did a fantastic feature piece uh, that kind of took a look at how several travel advisors view Airbnb and their recent partnerships with these tourism organizations. It's a great read. Really recommend you check it out up on TravelPulse.com right now. Email me your thoughts to podcast at TravelPulse.com. What do you think of Airbnb? I'd love to get your opinion there. Over in airline news, Boycott Delta is trending online right now. Delta Airlines facing social media backlash over its role in crafting SB202 the new state voting restriction bill that was signed into law this past week. Delta said in a statement that it was, quote, engaged extensively, end quote, with state officials in both parties to help shape a, quote, fair and secure election process. Some do not view this as fair. They see the bill as suppression to black and brown communities, new voters, and young people in Georgia. This all went down on Friday and then over the weekend. Social media took aim with the hashtag Boycott Delta, along with other Georgia-based companies like Boycott Coca-Cola and Home Depot. Some even uh, want to boycott the entire state of Georgia. Uh, There are also already two federal lawsuits that have been filed to challenge the law. Um, I'm not going to dive too much into the politics of all this because this this is a travel podcast. So in the terms of travel and how this impacts Delta and everything, do I think people will actually boycott Delta? Yes, 100% people will. This, despite the fact that Delta has been named the safest airline in the U.S. throughout the pandemic, still blocking middle seats through April. I do think very people are very passionate about this and will will boycott Delta for the time being. Will it be a significant amount of people to the point that Delta does anything else about this? Unfortunately, I doubt it. Our final trending topic centers around travel advisors charging fees. New research from host agency travel experts finds that more advisors are charging fees and also encouraging clients to purchase travel insurance. Renee Taylor of Renee Taylor Travel in Arkansas said that it was a difficult decision to start charging for services. She said, quote, deciding it was time to charge charging fees after 15 years of no fees was very difficult, but it was something I've wanted to do for quite some time now, said Taylor. I enlisted the help of a colleague and came up with a fee structure that would make me feel comfortable in presenting fees to my longtime existing clients as well as new clients. Most of my clients were very receptive and even commented that they wondered why I waited so long to start charging for my services. Lori Zuckerman recently wrote an opinion piece for us at Travel Pulse on why she believes advisors should start charging fees, saying that travel advisors should not work for free and their clients should not expect them to either. If you do not charge for your work, then you are giving away your time. You know, I I tend to agree here. I think more advisors will start charging for fees. We talked about this a few times on the podcast here and um, once a travel bounce back really comes into place i think we, we you know, i've also said too on the on the show here as as a number of our guests have as well that you know advisors are key to the bounce back in travel more people are going to start using them at some tra- some do charge fees some do not charge fees i think it's really up to you know your personal preference on that and how you operate your business and how you view your time and your efforts and, and all that stuff so what do you think though should should travel advisors charge fees let me know podcast at travelpulse com is the best way to reach me that wraps up what is trending in travel any additional thoughts drop me an email you know it um let's jump on now into our interview segment of the show and now joining me on the podcast is melissa De silva president of trafalgar melissa thank you so much for joining me
1: thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure to be here
0: wonderful yeah so um trafalgar big things going on. You guys just had the first tour. How was the first tour back? What steps did you and your team have to ensure a smooth transition back into guided tours?
1: Yeah, we've actually had two already now that have taken off and come back. Very exciting. Both of them in Egypt, who are obviously allowing US travelers to visit. Um, We were very, very lucky. We've got a great relationship with our ground handler there, and they were able to really walk both us and our guests just step-by-step step through everything that they were going to need to know before they got there, um, you know, all of the, the steps that they were going to have to take in terms of testing, etc. Um, and we really were able to create almost a bespoke version of our Best of Egypt trip for them. So um, we don't have any limitations in terms of the number of people that have to travel in, travel in Egypt either. So that was a very, very small private tour that went for both of these departures. Um, and it was just fantastic. These guests were beaming in every picture that they took. Um, they were just so excited to be there. Um They have both shared a lot of feedback with us just about how safe they did feel and about how seriously everybody on the ground was taking um, the hygiene precautions and the distancing precautions. And so it just made us feel really comfortable with those first few trips out that, not only were we doing our due diligence, but that on the ground, um, that same due diligence was happening, and our guests were able to have an amazing time.
0: That's great. Yeah, love hearing people out traveling and having a great time, and and being safe and responsible as well. So that's uh, a key thing in the world today. So you know, post pandemic is what a lot of people are looking forward to. That they they see the light of the end of the tunnel coming up soon. So how do you think the guided tour industry? will be impacted post-pandemic, how how do you think the, uh, how different might the overall experience be for travelers once the world does fully open back up?
1: To be honest with you, I'm hopeful that for guided vacations or tours, it won't be that different. So we've always taken safety and, and, you know, the health of our guests very, very seriously. We've, of course, used this downtime to include a lot more protocols on top of what we were already doing. Um, we did implement across our um, brands a well-being director for any trip that has more than 20 guests on it. And what that is, is it's a third member of our team traveling with our guests. So the travel director is there, of course, the driver, and now we've got the well-being director. And they're really there just to make sure that everything is seamlessly taken care of behind the scenes for our guests with regards to, Um, you know, contactless check-in, making sure that the bags are, you know, sanitized when they're delivered to the rooms, making sure that, you know, the protocols that are in place are being adhered to and followed. So it really frees up the travel director to still be that amazing resource for the the guests to have an amazing time, to give them all the, the culture, the history, the stories, the connection to that place that they're visiting so that, you know, they're not spending a lot of their time bogged down on protocols. Um, So that is one of the things that we have implemented to just try and make sure that when our guests are back on the road, they're still having fun, because that really is the number one question that we're hearing is, will it still be fun with all of these protocols in place? And and we're there to say, yes, it absolutely can still be an enriching, fun, um, you know, culturally um, diverse experience that we're going to be able to have with our guests, um, even if you're wearing a mask.
0: Great. And are you seeing any sort of uh, booking trends right now? Do you think the consumer's travel sentiment is on the rise at all?
1: It is. We've been doing surveys of our guests um, every week for going on six months now. And what we're seeing is upwards of 70 percent of people who are saying that they are ready to go as soon as the world is ready to allow them. So about um, 65 percent of those people are saying that they want to travel internationally for their next trip. So there is definitely a sentiment that when the world opens to U.S. travelers, that they will want to get back out there and experience um, other destinations. Um, What we're really seeing, though, is that in the short term, of course, people are looking to book domestic trips. They're really um, interested in wide open spaces, whether that be the national parks or um, other trips like that, Um, even as they're looking for, uh, sorry, international trips, they Some of the spots that are trending quite um, well for us are things like Scandinavia. Um, Ireland is very high on the interest level, again, where there's, you know, this idea of, you know, a lot of green, open spaces, fresh air. Um, So I think that we're going to really see a, a huge demand in those types of destinations But for those people that are looking to travel this summer, domestic trips are certainly um, where the bookings are happening. So for 2021 bookings, we're seeing a lot of, uh, like I said, national parks, a lot of Alaska. We are seeing, um, uh, you know, trips that are visiting UNESCO heritage sites. So where there's an element of education, education. happening as well. So certainly for 21, that's what we're seeing. And then for 2022, uh, I think it is going to be a banner year with pent up demand with regards to Europe and the rest of the world.
0: I agree. Yeah, I think 2022 will be huge. It's interesting you mentioned, you know, domestic stuff kind of doing really well uh, for the, the kind of the focal point, I should say, for for 2021. Do you think that will continue to be a growing uh, area for tour operators in, in the tour- tourism industry for uh, domestic guide- guided trips?
1: I do. I mean, we've really seen a a nice rise in our domestic sales for the last several years. I think that when the national parks did their find their park campaign, it was an outstanding campaign and I think really elevated national parks in the eyes of, you know, Americans. And so we have been seeing a great demand build on those year on year on year. Um, So, yes, I do think that will continue, particularly. Um, as people start to better understand that when they go on a, a tour, that you know all of those logistics and the details are taken care of for them. They don't need to worry about, you know, where they're going to stay when they get to the park. Um, what when I'm in Yellowstone, what is this cool bubbling um, pit of mud? What where is the geological? Um, element that makes that happen because they've got their travel director there to really give them all of that information and the local guides and I think you have that much deeper richer experience when you're traveling than if you're just on your own and you see something and you know it's cool but you're not really sure why so we're really able to uncover that for our guests when we're traveling
0: love that yeah that's where the expertise of, of a guide comes through and, and really can shine there too um, yeah, I know the vaccine rollouts have kind of been uh, leading to some, some traveler sentiment on being on the rise and everything. So I'm just curious, what is your take um, on the vaccine passport debate and, you know, say Europe or Asia puts in uh, a mandate or anything? How do you think you guys would handle that?
1: At the moment, um, the way that we're handling it is that if you are vaccinated or if you have a negative test, then you are eligible to travel on one of our trips. However, we do know that some of the countries are going to have different restrictions and whichever is more stringent is what we will go with. I do think that um, consistency would be key for all of us. I think if there could be consistency among the different destinations and among what they're using to identify that somebody is eligible to travel, would be hugely beneficial to all of us in the travel industry. Because if we're having to use different modes of whether it's a health pass or a vaccine passport or a whatever it happens to be, if they're different depending on the airline that you travel or the experience that you're going to or the country that you visit, it's gonna be extremely complicated for the traveler. And although we're there to take those roadblocks out of the way for them, the simpler and the more consistent it can be, the better, I think, for the entire industry. I think the more seamless we can make it, the quicker we can get guests back out on the road in a really safe and and, uh, and in a manner in which we all feel comp- confident and comfortable of having people move around the world in a way that we know that they have taken the precautions.
0: Gotcha. And yeah, consistency is key. Um, and kind of just transitioning into my next question here uh, about consistency in one area is that could use some Help there is uh, what what kind of changes in the travel industry would you like to see in regard to gender equality?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Well, we are at the end of March as we do this interview, which is International Women's Month. I'm really really proud of where we have come from, at least in my company. So Trafalgar in the U.S. we. Um, have a lot of female leadership, where over 83% of other leaders in our business are female. And across Trafalgar globally, you see really, really high percentages. And that really is true of the travel corporation in general. Um, And the more that I look out over the industry that I've been part of now for uh, 27 years, there has been some major leaps and bounds. So I'm really proud of the progress that, as a travel industry that we have made. I think it is clear that there is still... bit of a uh, discrepancy between how many women are working in the industry versus how many are in leadership roles. And I would really like to see that even out. Um, So that's really where I would see us going. I do think that, you know, you should have the best person in the role and it doesn't matter whether or not they're a man or a woman, but I do think that where you see, um, you know, like I said, in our industry where there's so many women working at the front line and there are fewer of them in leadership positions, that there needs to be some work done there.
0: Definitely. I agree with that. I think that's one push here and then you mentioned you know international women's month but we should focus on you know gender equality all year round and everything so that's one one thing here uh travel pulse and north star we want to push forward as well so um yeah thank you for for joining any any last comments or or, um message you want to issue out to maybe our travel advisors that are listening any tips or advice on um tour tour guide guide, guided tours and stuff excuse me
1: absolutely i mean well first i just want to say that this pandemic is probably a huge opportunity. We've seen now more than ever that, you know, there are people searching for travel agents online. They're searching for, you know, who they can work with to make sure that they're going to get the best advice when booking their trips. So I think that this pandemic, although it's been incredibly devastating for our industry, at the end of the day could prove to be very, very, um, you know, pivotal for the travel agent and the travel advisor to be able to show their expertise and their value because, Really, um, those people who worked with the travel advisor were the ones who were able to navigate through as the world started to shut down um, last year, a whole year ago. And so I really do think that it is a, a great tool to look back on to be able to say, you know, work with a travel advisor. We're going to be able to help you navigate this. And then we love working, of course, with our travel um, professional partners. And so I think there's no better combo than a guided vacation booked by a travel professional um, to really help our, our guests get back out and explore the world when it opens back up.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Melissa. You've got me super excited about taking a guided tour now. I've got to talk to my wife and get things planned out. Uh, for. We, we just got our passport in for our one-year-old daughter. So we're thinking international trips, uh, obviously, you're thinking right now because stuff isn't open but um yeah i can't wait to explore and, and take a guided vacation love it thanks again to melissa for jumping on to the show today really had a great talk there and if you would like to be on the show podcast at travelpulse.com is the best way to reach out and pitch me an idea of what you think you could bring to the table i've got the next few weeks are booked up looking forward to a wonderful discussion coming up next week and in a few weeks you know god willing everything i will be in cancun at the world travel and tourism council's global summit. And I'll do a podcast from there. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to if you have any upcoming travels, I'd love to hear about that as well. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the best way to reach me. Thank you for listening and have a great week.